Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Covey Wellness Center podcast. I am your host, Sarah Joy Covey, and I am happy to be with you here again. I just absolutely love these conversations that we're having week to week, and I hope that you're finding a lot of great value in them as well. Um, Today, our guest is Sarah Piercy. She is, I'm calling her our in-house copywriter at Covey Wellness Center. I didn't actually check with you, Sarah, to see if that's exactly what we would call I'm you. I'm happy but to have that title. <laughs> yes. So Sarah does a lot of work for us in our social media, in our show notes for our podcast, in our newsletters, things that we're putting out into the world that have language and um, and copy to write. And so we're super excited that she's here to bring her voice to that. And we collaborate on a lot of that. And there's going to be more of that to come, I'm sure, as we work more together in the future. So I know she's passionate about writing. I know I'm passionate about writing. And we wanted to really have this conversation around writing and mental health. Where is that intersection? Where does the um, act of writing fit into the support of our mental health? And how can we talk about that in a meaningful way for our listeners? So we have so much. We're going to have a high level overview today. We will not get into all the things I think there's any one of the things we're chatting about today, we could easily like jump into another whole podcast episode on that. And so with that excitement, actually, in prepping for this, we've realized that we might want to build some other webinars or programs or groups. And so if you love what you hear here and you're like, I want more of that, I want to be a part of that, just send us a message through the contact us um, on the Covey Wellness Center website and say, listen to that podcast. I'd love to do more um, integrated work around writing and mental health. I'm open to whatever you've got going and we'll, we'll make sure we get in touch with you when we build something out. Cause I just have this fire burning now, um, as a result of planning for this. So some of you may not know this. Um, I was an English teacher, um, in the public education system for about 15 years. And of course took a literature degree before that, and then went back to school to become a psychotherapist when I was significantly older with four kids at home. And uh, so this is this career is actually second career for me. So part of my passion for this is that it really merges those two careers, like my passion for writing and books, and also my passion for mental health. And so this is just a great, exciting, exciting conversation um, for us. So um Let's just start off. I think, Sarah, maybe just before we jump into our questions, let's just t- tell me a little bit about yourself and like what what draws you to this topic um, mm-hmm. of writing and mental health. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, so I have I have always loved words since I was a little girl. I liked writing and poetry and that kind of thing. Um, I tended to get a lot of compliments from my English teachers through high school Um, But it was never, it was never something I pursued professionally. I just kind of enjoyed writing personally. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my career, I was an executive assistant for uh, over 10 years for um, a very good writer and just exposure to his writing, writing for him and with him um, helped me really sharpen the skill. And then I felt this like tug on my heart and in my life that I needed to explore my own voice and figure out what I needed to say to the world. Um, And the process of writing for me ended up being very mentally and emotionally helpful or valuable. So I I write in a sense for my own mental health, um, but it started as just this like tug on my heart is like, this is something I need to do. This is something I need to do. You know, when you just get that feeling like I shouldn't ignore this. 
Um, yes. It's almost a restlessness. It's like, yeah. I, I sort of feel this need, like I got to write, like I, yeah. I don't know what else to do with that, but I got to do something with this. Yeah. yeah. And so sometimes I wonder if I actually need to do that because it's good for my mental health and that's the tug. Mm. Um, but I love, I love words and language and how language can take a very one or two dimensional subject and give it depth and three dimensional, four dimensional, and yeah. you can just explore life in the world so much through language. So I told my husband once, I just love words. I love words. And now Me too. whenever I like can't think of the right word or I say the wrong word, he's like, you love words, right? <laughs> so it's kind of this <laughs> joke of like, do you love words? <laughs> if so, get it right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Right. Um, but yeah, language has just been this really valuable part of my, my story over my life, but I would say I didn't intentionally pursue it. Yeah. So interesting. It sounds almost like it was the act of writing that solidified for you that it was important. Like it wasn't like, I think this is important. So I'm going to go write. It was more like, I'm going to write. And oh my goodness, like the insights that are coming from this, this is so helpful. Why haven't I been doing this all along? Right. So, so that's so interesting. And also just your points about um, language and how language brings meaning and clarity you know and and so when we can put language to something which is something we do a lot in therapy but also is done in writing we we make sense of our experiences in a more clarifying way so there's a lot of power in that and i think this is a tool that certainly the research supports there's tons of evidence to suggest it's it's kind of like I don't know if this is a fair comparison, but it's kind of the way I feel about also like social support, like social connection and community. There's so much research about how good that is for you. Journaling, writing, all different ways of interacting with with words and meaning making that way. These are all things that are really, really strong in the research. Like there's high value for you here. Like don't miss out on this. And so it's not just our own sort of passion and love of words but also our experience of how that is so truly helpful like that it's really life-changing it's mindset changing all those things so one of the things I was thinking about in the shift um from thinking about writing as from an, an education standpoint so of course I was an English teacher and then like a a master student. And so there's a lot of writing but that's not really we're not really talking about like product So I just want to say for people who are starting to listen in, if you're like, oh, this isn't for me, I'm not a writer, I don't like to write. This is for everyone. This is not about the products that we produce as writers. So this is about the process that we're allowed to embark on through writing. And the writing itself is not the point. Mm -hmm. It's the expressive writing. This is about expressive writing where that takes us. Right. And it's it's one tool that anybody can access, regardless of their level of sort of writing ability. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not it. So th- this isn't a conversation, although I would love that conversation as well about, um, you know, writing and being a writer and the writing life. And we're going to bring a few things in from people who are writers who have writing lives and are speaking into that space because of the overlap to mental health. But it's not just for, this is really just looking at writing as a tool and various ways to access that tool for mental health growth and and movement so um so don't tune out if you're somebody who's like I'm not a good writer I'm not you know I don't like to write I'm not I'm not you know that's not for me it is for you and so here's out to the end (laughs) so let's 
let's talk, we talked, we've alluded to a few things here, but let's talk a little bit about what does writing do for you, Sarah? Like when you think about what writing means to you, does for you in that mental health space, talk about that a little bit. Mm -hmm. So writing for me gives me space to explore what's going on inside me, what I think about things, what I feel about things. Um, I, I don't know if you've heard of this book, Resilient by John Eldridge. Mm-hmm. Um, in Resilient, John Eldridge talks about the, our depths. So he talks about most of our life is lived in the shallows. It's the what's for dinner. It's I got a text message. I have to clean out this inbox. Our life is lived in the shallows the majority of the time. And more and more in our culture, we're kept in our, in our shallows because of the mm-hmm. speed of life. Our pace mm-hmm. of life is really fast. Um, and there's just a lot happening and we have the ability to do a lot because of all the tools at our fingertips. Yes. So it keeps us in the shallows a lot. And then he calls the, I think he calls it the midlands. Um, the things that we care about, the things as we're falling asleep that we think about, Oh, is my son going to be sick? Oh, what am I going to do about those bills? It's our sort of our worries and our cares and the things that we're concerned about through the day, or maybe really thankful for. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the things that like in the Midlands, they come up as you're going to bed at night or when you have a minute, they come to mind. Yes. So there's the Midlands, but then there's the depths and we rarely spend time in the depths mm-hmm. of our soul or our being or however we want to name that. And um, writing for me takes me from the shallows into the Midlands and into the depths. If I oh, can, I that. if I can write, whether it's for me or whether it's for others, I I tend to like to do expressive writing in general and share it um, because I just believe we actually all have a lot of shared experiences that we don't talk about from the depths. Right. Um, so when I write, it takes me out of those shallows of like the quickness of all every day. Mm-hmm. And it lets me process what's happening in the midlands of my life and in the depths. Um, and mm-hmm. that process is so valuable because otherwise I-, I have three little kids. Otherwise I don't do that very much. No. That's right. And, and, and it's bringing our awareness to that and making space for that in our lives mm-hmm. in a tangible way. Like here, here's a tool that can actually, I love that move us deeper, you know, and mm-hmm. into more focused work, like even Cal Newport's work around um, deep work. I think yes. that's what his book is called. Yes. And it's this idea that we, we are so distracted in the shallows, as you say, and it's this idea of like, can we can we use something that's going to actually allow us to settle in and go beneath that and get to some of the core things that are happening? And of course, from a therapy standpoint, we have things happening in our systems all the time in our nervous system, due to trauma, personality patterns, all sorts of things are acting upon how we're behaving in the shallows, Mm -hmm. but we don't often understand them or take time to unpack them, process them. Um, even be able to name what those core beliefs or those uh, patterns are. And so writing can really start to reveal some of that, right? So I think that it does bring that clarity. It can bring solutions. It can, um, you know, can really give us a, a place to put things that we don't have a place for otherwise. I think it's a great tool, like uh, often people who are inclined and willing to try, I will always encourage them to journal you know, or jot things down through the week uh, between therapy sessions, because that's a way of keeping the work going, you know, Mm -hmm. that you're sort of doing conversationally in a, in a therapy session, you're able to kind of carry that on and do some Mm self-therapy through your journaling. And so, you know, it's great for that. Yeah. 
Alison yeah. Fallon, you know, the book, The Power of Writing It Down. Yes. So Alison Fallon talks about writing being a, a therapeutic tool in addition to your hour of therapy that you might have. Yeah. If you go home and write for 20 minutes a day for four days in a row, doesn't have to be months at a time, mm-hmm. go home and write it down, write down what you talked about with your therapist, 20 minutes a day, four days in a row. There's a study that shows significant increase in mood in immune system function, empathy, like all types, all of the things. things. And like, it's a, it's a tool that can help you go farther faster in therapy mm-hmm. in a sense. And, and she cites several studies. She, I think she said hundreds of studies that yeah. are evidence of the value of taking time to write things down and yeah. it doesn't ever have to be read by somebody else. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. It, it's sort of interesting that, that her work really focuses on expressive writing, but that 20 minutes, four days in a row has the power to extend like six months worth of value. So even if you can do this half, take a little mini, uh, you know, long weekend, like we're, we're not going to be releasing this on the Easter weekend, but we're recording it just before the Easter weekend. But if you had even a long weekend, you could write four days in a row. And that would be enough of a reset for a lot of things and we're talking about, you know, like an hour and a half of time total. So obviously you can do more than that. And you may want to integrate that more in your day. We'll talk about some ways to integrate into your daily rhythm, but it, it doesn't necessarily even have to be a commitment to do this on the regular mm-hmm. because there's benefits to do it seasonally mm-hmm. <laughs> once every year, even would, would give you six months of value, you know? So yeah. Um, so lots of really good like encouragement and kind of freedom to not feel the weight of this as a strategy, mm-hmm. you know, that it's going to work for you even with that small, really small amount of time. Mm-hmm. So, so let's maybe talk about that and move into kind of some forms of right, like what our favorite forms are. Maybe talk a little bit more because we're just piggybacking on that on the expressive writing that uh, Alison Fallon outlines in her book. And just for everybody who's listening, we will put all the books and resources and links and podcasts and stuff in the show notes. Sarah is the person responsible for that. So she will be intimately aware of all the things we're talking about. So the books we've already mentioned and ones we'll bring up later. And, and of course, you're welcome to come into the bookshop uh, any day except for Sunday. That's the only day we're closed and, and, you know, peruse the shelves and see what kind of resources we have here, but we will capture those. So if you're furiously, if you're driving or something and you're wondering, they'll be in the show notes. So let's pick up on uh, Alison Fallon's expressive writing and kind of how she frames that type of writing as one of your, sounds like your favorite forms, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's talking about, or it's not talking about, it's writing about um, your thoughts. It's writing what you're thinking, how you're feeling about what you're thinking, and giving yourself space to get that out on paper. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because she said, if I were to come into the room, Sarah, and say, how was your day? And you said, oh, I'm a little stressed out today. And I'd be like, what's going on? The answer you might tell me Mm-hmm. would be different than the answer you might write down because you're yes. literally accessing a different part of your brain when you're writing than when mm-hmm. you're speaking. So you might say, oh, just got a lot of things on the to-do list. But if you were to sit and write it down, it might be something that you're actually deeply concerned about, but not giving yourself. Right. Like a fear or yeah. something I'm angry about or yeah. Right. Yeah. Or like a relational dynamic that's coming up that there's, there's just, when we write, 
especially expressive writing, we're accessing a different part of our brain than when we speak. Like, like there's value in conversation and social connection and processing things with people, mm-hmm. but there's also value in writing down our thoughts, writing down what we feel about what we're thinking and getting those out. And mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of different ways that we can do that. It's probably not a one size fits all type of thing. Sure. I actually, um, I actually found that I, I did, I'm, I'm not a terribly consistent journaler um, in the sense of just writing things down for writing it down sake. Yeah. But most consistent season of my life, I actually wrote my journal on my laptop because my fingers could type faster than my hands could write. Oh, and yes. that just allowed my thoughts to flow a lot faster. And I didn't filter them. And I just mm-hmm. got it all. I got mm-hmm. it all because I'm a typer. Now, that yeah. might not be true for everybody. Some people might write faster than they type. Um, yeah. But even that process of getting the words out um, is so and Keeping up with your brain. I, I mean, that's mm-hmm. the point you're making. It's keeping up with what's happening without censorship, without editing, mm-hmm. so that you can let things just dump out. There's sort of mm-hmm. a, there's an exercise we just simply call a brain dump. Like, don't, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't have to be anything. Just put everything on paper that seems to be swirling around. You don't have to make sense of it. You just have to empty it out. And that's one strategy um, that we'll use as a journaling strategy for people. Just empty it out. Just do a brain dump. What's, and it can be total nonsense. Again, it's process, not product. It's not about what you've produced at the end, this nonsensical, seemingly (laughs) journal entry list, whatever doodles, just, it's about being able to empty out your mind to clear, clear out that space and maybe even begin to notice some themes or things that, that you really do want to pick up on, but all Mm -hmm. the clutter comes out. So yeah. And sometimes it's surprising what comes out. It is surprising. It is surprising. I'm going to talk a little bit about um, getting at those first thoughts in a minute, but I just uh, piggybacking on um, Ali Fallon's work. I loved what she said about if you need, like writers often talk about prompts, like staring at a blank page can be really hard. Mm -hmm. And so you need something that's going to start you into the writing typically. And in her, what she was suggesting um, is that just using questions that you're already kind of asking yourself So like, why am I so frustrated with my husband? Why do I worry so much about what that person thinks of me? You know, what do I really want out of this job? Like Mm -hmm. questions that we could articulate and say, like, I am kind of asking myself that question, but I haven't actually explored it. Mm -hmm. And so that's a, that's a place where you can begin. And you might start with that question and go off in a totally different tangent that you weren't expecting to come up. But you can use those questions that you're already asking yourself yeah. as your prompt. And so you're starting, you're sort of starting where you are, so to speak. You know, what what is coming up for me as a stuck point, you know, as a question. There's one thing that we do that I do for um, uh, my clients where I'll say to them, if you're stuck and you want to do sort of an emotional audit, you can ask yourself three questions. What am I afraid of? What am I ashamed of? And what am I angry about? Mm. So afraid, ashamed, angry, three A's. So you can remember that. And that's a really quick way to just check in, you know, and, and that'll hit a lot of things will come out through those lenses of anger and shame and fear. Um, Mm -hmm. But, but it's not always about those things, but that's what you'll notice. And then you can dive deeper through writing Mm-hmm. Um, to figure out what's propping those things up. Like we talk about the anger ice or the iceberg for emotions and like what's 
what's poking out the surface is propped up by a great big huge iceberg and of a whole bunch of other emotions but what you're seeing on the surface is fear or you're seeing shame or you're seeing anger yeah so it's a great way through writing you can do an audit of those three things that usually poke out the surface and see Mm -hmm. if you can get at what's really going on that's beautiful yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so angry afraid ashamed so um let's just circle back again so the expressive writing do you have other forms of writing that are some of your favorites like are there other kinds of writing that you like to do actually I have really simple writing practices usually in the morning not every day but almost every day um I actually got the mindful journal from your bookshop lovely Um, but I have been loving that so it has prompts in it like things that I'm grateful for for the day and it's like literally I write three things down mm-hmm. and I don't have a lot of time for this practice because my mornings are very busy we have a two four and six year old mm-hmm. so I just take some time to jot those things down and then it's like I I write down the things that are important for the day the things that I need to focus on for the day so that my mind isn't spinning what do I need to get done do I need to call yes. anybody text anybody um and the journal is very simple and there's even like boxes to circle how much water I drank that day so it it gives me um it helps me give attention to what's going on in my mind and getting filtering out what's important for the day and letting go of the rest and that that process has been really healthy and helpful for me um because I, I can often feel like I'm just spinning from one thing to the next yes. like stone skipping across the water that just doesn't stop skipping <laughs> yeah and Until, what is the you know, priority you know yeah. how do I weed through that and be focused right so yeah. so something simple like that kind of structures almost structures your thoughts for the day yeah so that's and, not as much creative um or expressive writing but it is but, a form of writing that's really been helpful to me right and I think that's important to note here too like expressive writing is probably the central sort of therapy related type tool however there are lots of other ways like through like you say keeping a daily mindful journal that helps you focus for the day that's also very clarifying and helping with rumination and helping with um, distress and overwhelm right because you're writing it down lists can be that lists can be helpful you know and um in, in terms of getting the things out of your head so you're not circling afraid you're going to forget things putting them in somewhere like there's a lot of ways in which writing things down can free up your mental space for the things that you need to do in that moment yeah so that you're not so cluttered so even functional things like that with writing Mm -hmm. I I think that's so helpful um Mm -hmm. one of the things that I think is is undervalued and maybe this is my teaching background but taking notes like actually taking notes. And one of the strategies I used to use with my students and I do with myself and always have is the strategy I call marginal comments. So in a book where you're really trying to glean, you know, wisdom and information and understand, you're wanting to do that deep work. Like maybe you're reading a spiritual book or a self-help book and and you want to get out of that book, excuse me, what is what the value is for your life. And so you don't want to just have that absent-minded skimming through the reading, not able to take it in, assimilate any information. So I'm a big proponent of, I don't do this as much in fiction because um, it takes me back to writing papers in university where I was marking up all my novels. And I was always like, no, that's a story. So uh, it's not that I don't jot things down. I absolutely jot quotes and mark pages and things like that. But this is more for like a nonfiction book, I would say. And I'm highlighting things, <clears throat> excuse me. And I'm 
and I'm writing questions. What does that mean? Why do I like that word? Starring things. I used to have my own system um, that I taught to students with little symbols that you could put in the margins where you were indicating a theme or an idea. And so you can sort of create your own marginal comment system so that you're like really interacting with those words and that book in a way that draws it into you, that you stay with it. And then you can revisit that and see what you highlighted, see the questions you have. Then you can do some journaling. Maybe you're doing that as well as some notes, but I just, I think note-taking like really is a lost art kind of, I think, you know, we don't, we're so digitized now too, even not that notes can't be on your computer. Of course they can, but like that experience of, of working with notes on a page and the kinesthetic, you know, action of writing them down. We remember things a lot of times because we do that. Mm -hmm. And so that's a kind of writing I love to do is taking notes, taking in what I am reading about, thinking about listening to on a podcast, you know, reading in the scriptures or in another important piece of writing. It's so, to me, that's a really important form of writing that doesn't seem that important but it really helps me yeah uh, learn right yeah yeah so, I used to study like that in university oh for sure note-taking was always how I studied like even rewriting notes and I the writing helps you process and remember absolutely and and, for, and not everybody's wired up maybe precisely that way yeah. but at the same time you know we're it's not just for school, right? And and this is where you could study. Like if you got a, a book on, um, uh, let's say something that was relevant to what you were going through, like say you're dealing with addictions in your family and you're reading a book about that. If you're highlighting and doing marginal comments and writing notes about that, you're going to get a lot more out of that book than if you're just going through page after page with no interaction with it. So, you know, I, I think that's a favorite form of writing for me. I think I probably do note taking more than almost any other kind of writing in terms of consistency. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's sort of big for me. Did you have anything else for that category that you love, Sarah? Yeah. yeah. Another form of writing I love is an expressive writing that is refined enough to share. So I mm. have a blog that is sometimes quiet and ebbs and flows um, depending on seasons of my life, but I have a blog that I will, I will write a blog post that's intended to connect with other people and share something that I'm processing. Mm -hmm. And the process of actually writing the article is really helpful for me and it mm -hmm. connects me to other people. So yes. it's mostly expressive writing. Like I'm processing what's going on inside of me, what I'm feeling, or like even a question from the depths that mm -hmm. someone else might be processing as well mm -hmm. um, and then I'll share it publicly and see how it connects with people that's not for everybody and that could be something yeah. as simple as like a little paragraph post on Instagram that might connect with somebody else mm -hmm. but when I write in order to connect with another reader I love doing that mm -hmm. um, it takes a little bit more refining but like the first draft is always like just what's in there get the it raw, out yes yeah and then the process of refining it actually helps me process what I'm thinking and feeling and it doesn't always end with like a nice bow tied on the top. It's like, no. I actually don't know the answer to this, but if you don't know either we're together in that, or we're struggling in this area yeah. and I don't really know how to solve this, but I know I'm not alone. And I'm going to persevere. I hope you do too. And it's like, yeah, there's not always an answer, but it's right. the process. And then it's actually connecting with other people too. And I, I love to do that. 
Well, I think when we're doing expressive writing, it's a vulnerable kind of writing, yes. right? Like we're, like you yeah. say, we're going to the depths, but we are also revealing deep things mm-hmm. potentially. And so sometimes yeah. that, that is that boldness to share that in some format with the world, whether it's a blog post or even with a friend, yeah. um, there's a sense in which that vulnerability creates a shared humanity. And so yeah. it goes into that social connection outcome from writing, if you will. So, and, and again, that's not the expectation for everyone. I certainly do that too. I'm um, not so much the expressive writing, but writing so that I can share and pay forward some of those things I've been taking notes on. Yes. (laughs) Right. So through our blog posts at the, at the center, which are all under the resources tab, if people are looking for them and we write uh, for the local newspaper and I've written a few articles with some friends on topics I'm passionate about would love to do more because it's a way of sharing. It's a way of sharing that and, and giving back to others through writing as well. Some of maybe the insights that might have been won through writing, like you're saying, it's sort of the, I do the process for myself and then I pay it forward to the person who might be like me at the start of writing this blog post or even at the end of writing this blog post. Right. So that's exactly so great. Um, uh, there's a couple other things I don't want to cut you off, but there's a couple other things that came to mind for me around this uh, yeah. favorite forms of writing. One is um, morning pages, which so oh. Julia Cameron is um, I'll show I brought some books in for those of you listening. I'll mention the author's name, but those of you watching online, you'll be able to see the cover. Just some things. So this is the artist's way. So a spiritual oh, nice. path to higher creativity. This is a really interesting book with all sorts of prompts and exercises um but it's basically like a self-directed course about accessing creativity and i did a lot of work with it back in the day mostly mostly in my first two degrees um but it's so interesting because she talks about how um we have to get to first thoughts and how we need to so she talks about morning pages being when you first wake up having that expressive writing where you're just whatever is coming up at the beginning of the day gets emptied on the page. And I think she says like you write for three pages. I think it is, maybe it's five pages. I think it's three pages or 20 minutes, whatever comes first, and then you're done. But you just have this process of uncluttering first thing in the morning. And then, you know, she talks about kind of mining those pages um, as part of looking for themes and things like that related to creativity. But I do think there's, there's a lot to be said for what I call those frame the day practices. So morning pages, and you could do that in the evening too. Like what's, what's swirling around in my brain as I'm trying to go to sleep, let's dump that on the page. What's coming up first thing in the morning and, and see if you can start to build some awareness about maybe some themes of things that need to be um, worked through, or maybe working through them in that actual time. Um, but I know there's a spiritual practice called the examine, which okay. looks at the beginning, the beginning of your day and the end of your day and asks you to do some, some forward thinking and some reflection. And so some of the things we've shared are kind of in that vein mm-hmm. of like, what are we doing in the first to look ahead to our day and set our intentions? And what are we doing to close out the day? Because mm-hmm. our minds are active in both those parts, right? Beginning and the end of our day. And so how do we capture that? So that's kind of a neat um, couple of ideas. And then I have a really favorite, favorite one, which I won't go into total detail here, 
This is my absolute favorite first thoughts. It's an expressive writing option, but it's the one I've taught the most um, from Wild Mind, which is a book by Natalie Goldberg, who's a writer and it's on the writing life. But what she's really talking about is being able to bypass your editor and just write, like just keep Mm -hmm. things flowing so that you can get at what's going on. And so although she's coming at it from the angle of really going to the depths for the uh, purpose of your creative work, it works so well for the purpose of your mental health. And you even share that, that connection that if you are a writer and you're doing these kinds of writing, this will inform your ability to be an honest writer in the actual world. Yeah. So it's not that they're not linked, um, but for some people, it doesn't go beyond their own practice of it for their own mental health. But for those of us who do like to write this, this improves our ability to write elsewhere because we're, we're doing the work. So she is, we're going to link, there's a link um, to just the excerpt from her book that kind of outlines what this is called, but she calls it wild mind. And there's seven rules. I'll very, very quickly go through them just to give people an idea, but this is something that you could, you could work on and, and do with more detail and regularity, but you basically set a, you set a time that you're going to write, like literally set a timer, two minutes, to 20 minutes is kind of the thing, but it doesn't have to be a long amount of time. And then you choose a prompt and the prompt is is usually the most simple ones are I think, or I feel it's just the starting words. Yeah. My favorite one is the truth is. So I'll use that as the example. The truth is. So that's my prompt. That's the start. And so the first rule is keep your hand moving. Now, if you're a typer, this would be keep your fingers going. Um, Typing for me, I'm still like a sort of pen to paper for processing. I feel like that tactile for me really works, although it's very messy. (laughs) My penmanship (laughs) is terrible. Um, So keep your hand. That's okay. It doesn't matter. I mean, sometimes I'm like, what did I write there? I can't read it, but something came out that needed to come out. Yeah. Um, But keeping your hand moving. So the, the idea with this is. You, you literally write the words of your prompt over and over until you get into a thought. And then if you get, if you're a, sort of disrupted in the flow, you go back to the prompt. So you might mm-hmm. have half a page of the truth is, the truth is, the truth is, the truth is, the truth is. And then finally wow. there's a finishing to that. And then you're writing in a flow on that thing. And then maybe you get stumped again, but before you let yourself sort of stop, you just go back to the prompt. The truth is, the truth is, the truth is until you get into the other thing. It might come for you. The truth is this, the truth is this, like, but it's an anchor point that keeps your hand moving Mm -hmm. and it allows, you know, so she, she envisions that your writing hand, whatever your hand, I'm right handed. So my writing hand is my right hand and my editor is my left hand. You don't want the editor to ever come and stop your right hand. You've got to keep it moving. So, um, so she, so keep your hand moving, using the prompt, going back to that over and over at for the time that you've set literally two minutes works for this, but you can, you can sort of build up your practice for how much time you have, but you know, everybody has two minutes and then um, she says, lose control. So the second one is lose control. So it's like, no one's judging you. Do not try and control this. This is just, just roll. Um, be specific is her other thing. So try to try to use the words that actually capture it as much as you can. Mm-hmm. So even if you say like, I'm feeling sad, that's fine. But then can you 
say sad, like I'm devastated, actually, I'm disappointed. I'm like, can you as specific as you can be, you don't Mm -hmm. scratch it out what you said, you just keep trying to specify and go deeper into that. Um, Don't think is the other one, which is an interesting thing to say, but this is the idea of like, you're, you're sticking with your first thoughts. You're not editing whatever's coming out. Even if it sounds like nonsense, that's not the point. The point is to not edit yourself, to not censor yourself. So you're not thinking about what you're writing. You're just writing. And that leads to five, which is, it doesn't matter about spelling, punctuation, grammar. I would add penmanship. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. So just, you're just rolling. Don't let that interrupt you. It's all about the flow for this one. Mm -hmm. Number six is you're free to write the worst junk in the world. (laughs) So it's like this, you are not judging the quality of this. You're just getting into the practice of writing and accessing first thoughts. Yeah. And then she, and then her seventh point is go for the jugular. Mm -hmm. And so it's, that's based on um, whatever is coming up when you're writing, you write about it and you let it out. And it doesn't matter if it's what you thought you were going to start writing about, or -hmm. if it has nothing to do with the first part of what, maybe the first five minutes of your 10 minute time writer about something entirely different. And then you get to the thing yeah, and it comes up. And so she says, Hemingway said, write hard and clear about what hurts. And so that's the, like, it's like, go there. Don't be afraid. This is a safe place to let that come forward. And just on that note, uh, from a therapy set of things, therapy um, or writing, well, and therapy too, but writing can be very vulnerable, like we were talking Mm -hmm. about. And so it might make a lot of sense for you to be trying these in conjunction with doing some therapeutic work, because things Mm -hmm. could come up. Yes. In trying some of these things that actually are really hard to manage on your own. Yeah. Um, traumas could emerge, you know, mm-hmm. woundedness could emerge, emerge. It could be, it could be a most emotionally disruptive for you. And depending on how strong your tools are for self-regulation and emotional regulation, you may need some support. You know, mm-hmm. there might be a, a resistance in you to say, when you say go for the jugular, like that's terrifying to me. Yeah. I want to do that right? That might be an indication that you're maybe not ready for that level. And you want to build some tools Mm -hmm. and have some support in therapy so that you can build a tolerance to go there, but be mindful of what is comfortable. So I just want to make that sort of disclaimer too, that Mm -hmm. not everyone is in a safe place to go as deep into these topics. And you do need to we want you to be bold. We want you to be vulnerable. That is where the work is, but it's also okay if you have to step back from something to listen to your body or to what's happening or work with a therapist to gently go into these spaces. Um, Because, you know, the point is not to um, unlock things that would be re-injuring. It's about processing and moving towards health, but sometimes that can take more, um, it it can be hard before you get to the good, you know, so it's harder before it gets better. You mean? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it can be. So just to be yeah. gentle with yourself in that and know your own limits, even though we're offering these um, mm-hmm. strategies and, and don't be afraid to reach out for support as mm-hmm. you're, you know, experimenting with them. So, yeah. 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 I would Have just you- add to that. Yeah. That when you write out of a place of vulnerability, you can be writing and thinking, oh my goodness, what if somebody finds this? Right. And you don't want somebody to find the words that you've written. 
burn the book. There's literal right. burn books. Burn, that's right. There like, are journals like burn this journal and yes. yeah. So and that can be very cathartic, right? Yeah, like as yeah. well. It's like I've done the processing. It's not about the product. Yeah. We're just we're just getting through this, and now it's time for me to throw that into the yeah. the um bonfire, right? Yes. Um, yeah. and that yeah, absolutely. It's not um. Yeah, it's not necessarily about maintaining the record of that, exactly. you know, with timed writing, this, the wild mind, I usually would do a timed write and then go back through after and highlight maybe three or four things. Then I'd recopy them somewhere else. And then that's, I'm done with that. Like maybe there's three points that came forward that I want to kind of remember, you know, um, from the process of doing that writing. Have you ever tried something like that? With the prompt like I that. have never actually burned a journal. <laughs> have you but ever I, done uh, wild mind writing? Like, was that familiar no, to you? No, oh this God. is when you're talking about it. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. I want to do that this weekend. <laughs> I know we're gonna bring we're gonna bring in her book too. Um, and there'll be a link to to the section from her book on this particularly. Yeah. Um, again, it's come. I've found it to be one of those things that's come from the writing life, creative side of it, but the intersection is so profound. I used to do time writes with my students and it was amazing what would come up in classes. And, and some of my clients are trying this and like, it's just, again, it's so like you were saying earlier, sometimes what we answer, what we think is not necessarily an untrue answer. It's just in the shallows. Mm -hmm. Then when we sit down and write, we're like, Oh, there's a deeper answer here. And I didn't know it until I saw it there on the page till it came out, you know? So yeah, yeah, it's such a great tool. And again, there's, there's more to it. I've been very uh, like quick to go through that, but it is because it's my, like, it's one of my favorite, favorite tools. I think it's so great. Amazing. I'm looking forward to trying that. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about how people, uh, what we, we've, alluded to this already with, um, expressive writing and, you know, the 20 minutes a day, four days a week, really writing about those places that are those questions that are coming up. Um, but how can, how can people access the power of writing? Are there other things we haven't already talked about? Mm. I know we've alluded to some of these already talked about, you know, clarifying things, organizational ways of writing that are helpful for focus and, and direction, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. We, I, I really think the biggest thing is just to start like yeah. set aside expectations Start somewhere. Yeah. Set aside any, anything you think or don't think or feel about your grammar and writing and language, like just start and see what mm-hmm. happens. I think the best way to try to access the power of writing is just to start because the power mm-hmm. isn't in, it, it isn't in the way we do it. It's that we do it. Agreed. Um, And it's interesting because there's so much research and evidence that says writing is really, really good for us on many levels. Mm -hmm. Um, There's one study that has, um, that has people going to the doctor for um, viral infections, 50% less often because they wrote, because they wrote 20 minutes a day, four days in a row. It's like the mind body connection is amazing. Yes. Yes. And it's like, we don't actually know why it works so well, but there's a lot of evidence to say that it works really well. Yeah. So I think we, that's that's enough and try it because 
you'll see that. Like, just like you were saying when you were working, you're like, oh, I, I try this and I realized, wow, this is actually, maybe this impetus is for me for my mental health. And then it's just a bonus that we're able to pay that forward because Mm -hmm. I'm a writer who can then turn that into something to share with others to help them. Mm-hmm. But you know, that, that, um, impulse, like listening to that impulse to write, to try it and see how it changes. Yeah. I know the, um, the expression for exercise that we say is the exercise that's right for you is the exercise that you'll do. Oh, I like that. <laughs> so it's the, the writing that's right for you is the writing that you'll do find yeah. the writing, you know, that you, um, that, that can help you get started and that will pr- like prompts are important. And I'll talk a little bit about some resources that'll be like that um, just before we wrap up. But, but I, I do think that it's, it's just about saying, this is something that I want as part of my self-care yeah. mental health support toolkit, right? Really overall health support, like you're saying with yeah. the, with those pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that came to mind for this was like letter writing, like in, in therapy, there's a lot of times where letter writing can be very helpful. So mm-hmm. writing a letter to your future self or writing a letter to that inner child, um, mm-hmm. you know, what did to reparent, you know, what did that child need to hear that they didn't hear when they were little, yeah. you know, little Sarah, who's seven years old kind of thing. Yeah. Um, or to someone who was like a lost loved one or a, a relationship where you didn't get closure. Like these are letters that you may never give, but it's, there's um mm-hmm. in Gestalt uh, therapy, there's the concept of the empty chair and like speaking to an empty chair as if the person that's no longer in that chair, you know, so this is the letter writing version of that. Like, what are the things that need to be said that weren't said? What would I say if you were still here? What are the mm-hmm. questions I want to ask you? And really directing that letter it could also be a letter to to god you know um so i think like really addressing a letter that's like a conversation that can be a neat uh activity as well that could be very therapeutically helpful yeah 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 actually on my 30th birthday i did a letter writing practice that ended up being so beautiful for me um, on my 30th birthday, I wanted to like mark the milestone some way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I selected 30 people that had made an impact in my life somewhere along the way. Yes. And, like I found my third grade teacher's mailing address and oh. I wrote him a letter and I thanked him for the influence he had in my life. And I mailed it to him and I did that for 30 people. Wow. And that left me so full of gratitude yes. that it was like bursting. I was just so sure. thankful. And it was the process of writing those letters yeah. that brought me to that. And that was as much for me as it was for somebody else in the end. I That's thought right. I was doing it for other people and it turned out to be so helpful yeah. and beautiful for me. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a great, and and that also reminds us that with gratitude, um, I have a blog post where I talk about this, um, but really gratitude, the more detail we can give, the more we can stay with that Mm -hmm. gratitude. So writing a letter where you're, where you're remembering things and you're Mm -hmm. giving detail and providing that in a, rather than just saying, I'm thankful for my third grade teacher. Mm -hmm. It's like, third grade teacher this is these are the things I'm thankful for and this is what mattered like it's the we know from the research the more specificity we give to the gratitude the more powerful it is Mm -hmm. and the longer we stay with that the more it fuels our mood and our thriving right so so that's an example of that 
One other strange one that people think is strange, but it's actually extremely clarifying is writing your own eulogy. Hmm, really? So actually, that. so writing, so this comes from logotherapy. So from um, a lot of Victor Frankl's work um, okay. who wrote, wrote Man's Search for Meaning. And I won't get into all of the background because we won't have time for that today, but it's this idea of, because there's an expression called memento mori, I think it's Latin memento mori which is like remember your death it's often used in like spiritual practice and actually it's very linked to like the lenten season and why people practice lent is to remember that we are like ashes to ashes dust to dust and the 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 concept is that if we remember not in a morbid kind of way but in a life is but a vapor and we nobody gets out of here alive kind Mm -hmm. of way then when we have our death before us, when we remember our death, we know how to live. Mm-hmm. So when we write our eulogy, we realize, oh, I'm not going to write about how much was in my bank account. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to write about what do I want people to say about me when I'm gone. It's very clarifying as to what you actually want your legacy in life to be about. Mm-hmm. Not that actually that eulogy oh. would be read, but it's it's just a way of saying like, how do I get the perspective on what actually are my priorities? Yeah. And writing that eulogy can bring that crystallizing clarity. It's similar to capturing and writing the feeling you have when you go to the funeral of a loved one, mm-hmm. because you're so close to death and then you remember them and you mm-hmm. think about what their life was about. And sometimes that's very powerful and meaningful. And sometimes it's very sad mm-hmm. because maybe they haven't lived well, mm-hmm. or maybe they're funeral was not well attended because they didn't have the things that mattered in life to make these profound relationships and connections. And it's very sobering, right? So there's this power in that. It's just, it's very directive. Like you really, when you think about it from that perspective, you're like, oh, this is what really matters. And that crystallizing kind of, of that happens. Yeah. So that's kind of an interesting one. Yeah. That's beautiful. So we talked a little bit um, about if you're not a writer, this is still for you. That's not yeah. about the writing and process. So we were going to do a little bit on that question, but I think we'll just move to our our final question um, because um, we've already kind of highlighted on that. Is there anything else you'd want to say to somebody who's not a writer? I mean, we talked about just get started, find the thing that works for you. Yeah, I would say just take a four day challenge. See what four happens day in four days, 20 minutes, 20 minutes a day. That's right. Not a big, long life overhaul. It's 20 minutes a day and it could make a huge difference. Yes, absolutely. And we'll link in the show notes, um, a conversation um, in a podcast with Carrie Newhoff talking to um, Alison Fallon that outlines that in more detail. So if you are keen to take that four day, 20 minutes a day um, process writing, not Mm -hmm. product writing um, (laughs) challenge, then you'll be able to use that as maybe a little help to get flesh that out mm-hmm. a little bit more. Yeah, that's great. So one of the quick things I want to do just before we wrap up with the last few minutes is just show you a few examples of some resources that we have here um, that would hit some of those different points. And I'm not going to spend a ton of time, but just to kind of highlight some of them so people understand maybe what might be out there to help them get started. So mm-hmm. a couple of things that really um, I think of when people want to get started are guided journals. So it's not a blank page. So we have some really beautiful ones like this one is called start where you are 
And it's like, it's, and this is a great gifting one too, but it's just beautiful. There's charts, there's prompts, there's, it's just gorgeous. There's some pages that are, you know, open. It's just going to help you literally start where you are. If you're wanting to start, that's a great one. For someone who's really into mindfulness and time in nature, we I love this one. It's called Wild Calm. Mm, beautiful. It's, it's gorgeous. And it's got, again, spaces for you to fill out. Um, sections that are that have prompts and things to reflect on and space to do it. So these kinds of journals, you know, they're very helpful for the hesitant writer because I don't know where to begin. We'll begin with answering these questions. You don't have to come up with that. You don't have to feel like you have to figure that out to get started. Just start where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple other ones here. The next right thing guided journal is a particular oh, yeah. journaling strategy from Emily Freeman. We're actually going to do Tanya and I'll be doing a podcast on the next right thing as a concept idea and resource. She's very passionate about it. But again, a guided journal. Sorry, the screen is probably not oh, yeah, showing that. Oh, nice. Um, there's other ones that are more around like contentment and gratitude. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the mindfulness productivity mm-hmm. planner journals. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some really great stuff where we have like there's workbooks. So there's and workbooks are another thing that again it's it's intentional that there's a writing aspect to the workbook like don't discount working through a workbook or a study guide because the writing actually again just like i was talking about assimilates that learning brings about insight so we have things like sacred enneagram and the workbook that goes along with that or like this i'm into the enneagram you don't know that already you haven't been around here very often um like in on story of you and then he's got a workbook to go with that so there's lots of like companion stuff if you're like I'd like to kind of go that more study route to help you know activate that writing and then we have lots of lots and lots and lots of like actual mental health workbooks that are based in research that will walk you through activities and, and often they are writing activities, right? So this, these are just a few, we have tons. This one's self-compassion for teens, traumatic stress recovery workbook. Don't believe everything you feel with all sorts of, so there's lots of guided therapeutic supports in them. And one element of those is writing. In almost all of these cases, there's spaces for you to be writing and engaging with your mental health through writing. And then, of course, we have beautiful, just plain, oh, gorgeous books. Yeah. And I thought this would be a nice one for those of you not l- l- listening or sorry, not watching this and listening um, to the audio. This one says today is my day. So that um, and just nice blank pages. We have all sorts of beautiful like journals. And that can be inspiring, um, mm-hmm. you know, just to get a new journal in, like, I'm going to start, I'm going to use this journal and get started. So, and that's just a very short overview. Like we've really curated a beautiful lot of um, resources for you in shop. And we're going to bring in a few more of those books that we don't have yet. They're coming in related to this talk. So they should be here by the time this goes out so that you can access those. Um, okay. Wow. I feel like we could have gone on for two more hours so easily, Sarah. This is such a 
uh, an exciting topic for me and I am super excited. So just a reminder that if you would love more on this topic, another webinar, webinar or workshop or course or group related to writing and mental health, just reach out to us at Covey Wellness Center and let us know that because if there's enough interest, we can certainly put something together and we're pretty passionate about it. And also, again, a reminder that if you need some support as you are doing some of this writing, as you're getting into this work, even if it's self-guided to start, um, mm -hmm. just know that you're not alone. There's lots of therapists here to support you in doing that and to coordinate that care with you so that it's done safely and effectively and so that you have that shared combo because that combo of therapy and journaling can be really powerful when it comes together as well. And so this can, even though this can be absolutely done as a self-directed activity. Again, there may be reasons why it makes sense to pair it with uh, some therapy as well as you're getting started. So don't hesitate to reach out. Same spot, contact us form on the website, fill that in and our team will be in touch with you. Thank you so much, Sarah, for taking the time today. I just am thrilled about how this conversation has come together and inspired me to get back into more writing myself. Me too. Um, <laughs> There's going to be a huge list of resources because we pulled so many things and we're so excited about It'll all the things. Um, but we'll this won't be our last conversation on this topic. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? Um, I don't think so. We covered some great bases. Yeah, we did. We absolutely yeah. did. And I hope this has inspired our listeners as well as us yeah. to really harness that power of writing things down. Yeah. Um, so I look forward to hearing uh, from people who've listened. Please do subscribe like uh share the podcast with people who you know might get something out of it and find value in it we do we do this to provide value in the world and to give back to our community so please do um, make it accessible in the spaces where it makes sense to do so and let us know if you loved it drop a comment yeah. um we'd love to hear if the work we're doing is resonating with you here so we'll sign off for today thanks again sarah for joining me i look okay. forward to more conversations on this and, uh, and thanks for tuning in and listening to the podcast today. And we hope to see you again at our next episode. Bye. Bye.